welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and I have the three buys with me. So today we're the four buys. So this is buy the buys, for the buys, take it how you will. Today we are going to talk about the incarnation of Christ, why it's important, why you should care. Maybe you don't care, but hopefully after this you will care. Um, But one of the buys is Matthew Leahy. Hey, everyone. Yeah, bye. Does it buy? How are you getting on? (laughs) <laughs> and the second buy is Curtis Rogers. What yet? He looked at me when he said that. I know. <laughs> trying to trying to freak you out. <laughs> and the third buy is Hello. Is hello. Yeah, it's hello. <laughs> it's David Drover. And I'm the fourth buy. We are the four buys of the apocalypse. Maybe cut that part out. No, yeah, just man. Cut that part out. <laughs> cut you out. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea. Uh, Matt's whole track just disappeared from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just cut out Matt. Yeah, yeah we'll just remove Matt. He gone, Mike number two. Um, so, guys, welcome. How are you all feeling? What <laughs> kind of opening question is that? I'm feeling just checking in with you, see how you're doing. I'm feeling okay, thanks. Looking forward to Burger King for lunch. That's how I'm feeling. Yes, fine. It's not how I feel, it's what I know. It's the verity. Don't tell me what I Don't tell me what I feel. No, I can't pronounce it. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, buddy. I'm uh, looking forward to lunch. There's such a drastic difference between you and Curtis like and how you answer the question what kind of question is that yeah I'm doing good buddy uh, yeah, you know I'm doing good you know it's a good day yeah no I'm just uh, I'm looking forward to a bit of jigs dinner on the weekend yeah and just just gonna have a bit of all sleep and have an old nap okay very, very quickly very quickly yeah. what is jigs dinner this is not quickly <laughs> yeah this is not a quick <laughs> <laughs> all right coming as a future podcast episode what is jigs dinner between the townies and the baymen <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so I have my coffee here. I'm the only one with coffee. Why? Yeah, mine's gone already. Yes, boy. It's eleven o'clock. Shouldn't you have a second one by now, though? Eleven oh, suits. <laughs> second breakfast. Second, second breakfast or second coffee? But let me After ask lunch. you: In your coffee, do you have milk? No. Is it carnation milk? No. Or is it <laughs> incarnation milk? <laughs> mm. Preach. <laughs> I don't think so, lots of people I don't know if any, everybody knows what carnation milk is on the mainland well if anyone from the mainland even hears us <laughs> yeah probably not so oh great segue to the carnation <laughs> to, not the carnation to the incarnation guys w- what is the incarnation of Christ and why should we care about it during Christmas Essentially, I mean, I guess just to, to kick off the conversation, what, what we mean by incarnation is that... Not you know, canned milk. Yeah, not, we don't mean a canned not milk. Not canned milk, no. Um, but, you know, pretty orthodox Christian belief would be that Christ, God himself, the second person of the Trinity, the Son, um, actually S- became... S-O-N, not S-U-N. Yes. S-O-N. Um, actually became a human being. He became a man, and he was born of Mary... Um, who was a virgin at the time of conception and he was born of a virgin. And that's kind of a big thing in and of itself that people debate. But I mean, the Bible, I think very clearly teaches that, um, 
You so see that's the, kind of yeah. The, you see that right back in Isaiah, the prophecy of, of the Prince of Peace, a wonderful Counselor, everlasting God. You see that in uh, John one, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see it in Philippians two. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, it it is definitely uh, attested all throughout Scripture. Yeah, and, and it's it, also fully God, fully man. Yeah. Oh yeah. It wasn't just like God lost or left behind all of His deity mm-hmm. and then took on human flesh. No, it's God incarnate in human flesh. Yeah, so when we talk about the incarnation, simply it's just God becoming man. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is, which happened during... Easter. Christmas. Christmas? <laughs> Christmas. Curtis, Curtis had the blankest look. Out of I was like, what are, we, what are you saying? What am I supposed to say? <laughs> during the virgin conception? During the yeah. time that he was born? <laughs> <laughs> so... Christ born in flesh, you know, we have God, we have God in flesh, God, man, however you want to say it. Why is that important? You know, okay, so yeah, God comes in human form. We have other stories of other gods taking on the likeness of humans or appearing that way. Like, why is this any different? Why should we care about Jesus Christ being born as a human being? Like, why should I care? Why not? Boom. Boom. Got him. Podcast, Got him. podcast done. Got Next him. week is a hypostatic union. We haven't said that in a long time. <laughs> right? That was like the first answer that was ever on this podcast. It was. One. <laughs> That's why. Why should yeah. we do Throwback. this? Throwback. Why not? Why not? Why should we play? But, but really, though, during Christmas, I mean, this is what we celebrate. This is what we remember. And this is, you know, the whole reason we, we do Christmas. So why is it so important? So... um even just reading a little bit from, from the Gospel of John in chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And um, and you skip down to verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Um, so obviously it's the, the incarnation in there, the fact that um, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, became flesh, He's both truly man and truly God. Um, and both of those things are important because without them, we, we couldn't be saved. Um, so it's important to note that, that Jesus is not 50% man or 50% God. Um, he's not like 100% plus 100% equals 200%. He's uh, perhaps a helpful term is truly man and truly God. And the reason for that is that in order um, in order for uh Jesus to represent us as humanity to God, he himself has to take on our flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's how he represents us. But in order for him to be a uh, sacrifice without blemish, he also has to be without sin. And yet in order to properly represent himself, in order for that sacrifice to be um, uh, allowed by God or in order for us, him to represent us to God, he he also has to be God himself. So both of those aspects um, have to be uh, there in that equation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, something we often talk about as Christians too is this term that like Jesus is our mediator, Yeah. right? And just feeding off what Curtis, you know, you were just talking about. So so if Christ is going to be the mediator, he needs to both represent humanity, but also represent us to God and to reconcile that relationship. Then he also needs to represent God to us. Yeah. Um, so being the fully God man, you know, that's, that's very important for that. And I think too, even in that, 
in that passage in, in John chapter 1, in verse 18, it actually references this. It says, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So there's this idea that, you know, the one who's at the Father's side is making God known to those whom he's, who he's about to dwell with. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a very important, I guess, Trinitarian aspect of that as well because um, yeah. because Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, because the Trinity obviously is made up of three persons uh, of the Godhead, but it is one being. And so there's this communication, this communicative attribute w- within the Trinity. And it's only because God for eternity communicates within himself, within the three persons of the Trinity, that he's, that he's able to communicate to his creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where Jesus comes in. The only way that we can actually know God is through Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the, the person of the Trinity that, that represents God to us, just like you said, Dave. So. Yeah, and, and I think, too, like this, this also very well is taught in other places in the Bible as well, and, and you know, adding on different points and things like that. Like in Romans 5, um, it talks about you know, sin entering the world through Adam, um, also, 1 Corinthians, I think, 15 talks in a similar way. But then grace um, coming through Christ. So it's that it's that parallel of, like, sin entered through one man in Adam, but then salvation comes in one man in Christ, right? And that's also not even just in, in Romans 5 and, and 1 Corinthians 15, but when we see Luke's genealogy speaking about Christmas, um, you know, there's that very famous genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, and then I think it's in Luke chapter 3. Um, where it goes through, you know, Jesus to Adam. And then at the end, it says Adam, the son of God with this, with a small S, but it's, you know, there to emphasize that, you know, this, like Jesus is here um, as the better, you know, the better Adam um, to represent us. And, you know, talking about something you mentioned before, but, but in a sinless manner, he, he was here, you know, Jesus wasn't born in sin, which is part of the reason why the whole incarnation is, miraculous and incredible because since he was born of a virgin you know he didn't he was not born in sin um you know there's kind of that that connection there so let me take this uh in a different direction here um so you know one of the things that sets christianity apart from other world religions other philosophies is that we have a god who uh and we've already alluded to this who took on flesh who dwelt among us he was that perfect sacrifice, the mediator. He's the great high priest. Uh, this past week, and I, I, I preached through Luke, uh, at the beginning of Luke 2, 1 to 12, and I talked about the conditions upon which, you know, Christ was born. Uh, he, he wasn't born in regal splendor. He wasn't born in this, uh, you know, place that was suitable for someone of his stature. Like you have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who spoke creation into existence, who sustains everything, and he was born in a feeding, or he was born in in, in a in, in laid in a feeding trough in in a disgusting, deplorable, subpar uh, place for someone such as him, and and I think the reason why Luke does that is to show that he relates with us. He took on flesh, like Paul teaches in Philippians. He was born uh, and he grew up uh, relating with us in our mess, in, in our garbage, in our junk. Uh, and so it's important that we have a God 
who like Curtis has alluded to, is fully man, fully God. Because as much as, yes, no one's going to disagree with this. God is transcendent. He is high above us. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But yet as you read in Hebrews, we don't have a great high priest. We don't have a great God. We don't have a beautiful creator who is unable to empathize and sympathize with our every weakness because he himself was tempted in every way and did not sin. And so it's important from a relational perspective. And we talk about Christmas, right? We, like this is a hard time of the year. It, it is an emotionally hard time. It's financially, it's, it can just, it can be a really dark time for, for people across the world. You know, first some, this might be your first Christmas with, you know, you've lost a loved one or you might be just going through the ringer, right? But then we look at this, this God, this Christ, and we almost want to say, how, how can you understand what I'm going through? But then when you come to scripture, you, you can almost hear him saying, but I do. I understand. I've lived in this. Mm-hmm. My world wasn't much different to what your world is now. And, and so I, I love the idea that Christ was fully man. He was God incarnate from the relational perspective that he knows what I'm going through. Yeah. yeah, we we um we just sat under uh, one of our elders' practice preaching for this coming Sunday, mm-hmm. and um, you know, Doctor Zeus came to mind, but you know, Kurt, Curtis was was right when he said, you know, we gotta be careful how we mention because I was like, what if we brought Doctor Zeus into it, right? Not that you know, Christmas means like, you know, a little bit more. But I was like, what if it means much more? But no, there's no Christmas with they Christ, mm-hmm. right? The whole incarnation, and Matt, I know you preached on this a bit, you've been going through Luke at uh, Kilbride Community Church, and you talked about the birth of Christ and how that changes the world. Yeah, that's right. And you're going through different ideas and how to approach that. Uh, but you're right to bring up Hebrews. Hebrews is such a rich sermon, really, mm-hmm. um, on who Christ is and how Christ is greater. Jesus is greater. He's yep. better. He's bigger, whatever. Um, but at the end of chapter 2 um, is where we get what you were talking about, right? Um so chapter 2, verse, let's say, 16, for surely it is not angels that he helps, Jesus, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might be become a merciful and faithful high priest mm-hmm. in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Mm, so good. Like, I, like this is... A part of it all, like this is the purpose of it all. Jesus came so that this would happen, yep. so that we would have a God that who knows what it is to go through what we go through, and, and not not to fail, but having that tempt, know what the temptation is, and to what it means to suffer, know what it means to you know go through obedience to the Father, and just be able to come alongside of us. Yep. Right. This is this is Christmas. It's not just. Warm fuzzies is not just you know gifts and lights and everything. Those are great, but I think we've all gone through periods where it's kind of like oh, it doesn't feel like Christmas. Why doesn't it feel like Christmas? I look outside. Right. There's no snow on the ground, dude. I'm so don't even bring that up. Right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on, come on, give us some snow. I came in. Mm-hmm. I came in yesterday, and it was Green Christmas. Right? It was you know love it. It was coming out of the clouds like cats and dogs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I looked at Steve Bray, and I was like, 
are you telling me you would rather this than snow? He said, yes. Amen. I was like, no, no, no. 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 At, at least for Christmas. I mean, I love snow anyways, but at least for Christmas, guys. Like, our forecast is like three degrees for the next week. Perfect. So it's not that it's three degrees. Like, I, I don't, it, it's the rain. Like, come on, man. Like, just give me some See, snow. See, if it was colder, there would be snow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I guess they, they work <laughs> off each other. Yeah. But, I mean, again, going back to our point, we can say, oh, it doesn't feel like Christmas, but then we're missing the point about what Christmas is, yeah. right? It's the remembrance of the fact that God himself, God the Son, came in human flesh for our sake. Mm. I think I think it's a beautiful truth, you know, in Hebrews 4, um, you know, as Matt alluded to, but also, like, don't, again, don't, don't miss what Adam read out in Hebrews chapter 2, um, when it says that to make propitiation for the sins of the people, um, because, you know, we do need, like, our biggest problem is our sin. That's just true. That's true of humanity. Um, and with our sin, we could never be reconciled with God. Um, we could never have that relationship with him. Um, we needed somebody to atone for our sins. We needed somebody to take the wrath of God for us. And that's what, you know, that word propitiation means is to, to appease the wrath of God. Um, you know, for the sins of the people. So Jesus came as man, represented us to God, took our sin, paid the penalty for it, and now we can be reconciled and receive his righteousness. That's a, you know, a 2 Corinthians 5, 21, um, or the 1 Corinthians, one of the Corinthians. Um, and that's just, like, that. that's just a beautiful thing. Um, and that goes right back to the sacrificial system. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, right. I mean, talk about a high priest, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason that word high priest is used so often because that, well, that was the priest's role. Um, right. We have the high priest. We have the sacrificial lamb. Um, we have the perfect sacrifice. Because, again, like, sacrificing these animals, sheep and goats and doves for your sin, it only covered it for so long. It was a temporary system, right? But we do see the need for bloodshed. Right, right. Once the law comes in, we do see that need for bloodshed for the forgiveness of sins. Um, so this isn't a new idea where there has to be a sacrifice. And Jesus, being God in flesh, was that perfect final lamb, was that final sacrifice. And like all these things come together. Like we don't necessarily have to separate, you know, Jesus at Easter from Jesus at Christmas. He's not a baby anymore. Yeah. Um. Just. Just. Elaborating that, Hebrews 10 um, talks a lot about Christ's sacrifice once for all. Um, and it says, sacrifices and offerings. Consequently, consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. And then just down to verse 11, he says, every priest, this is what you were alluding to, Adam, every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. So the sacrifices, even when offered repeatedly, because they had to be, they can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting for that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. So Christ's sacrifice, that the high priest, um, like John Piper said in the, I think, cross-conference oh, sermon I, I, one time. I will not forget that sermon. I think yeah. it was T4G, wasn't no, it? No, I think it was, I think it was Cross. Was it? I think it was Cross, because we watched it here online, um, talking about how the high priest is always repeatedly... TGC. Off- 
TGC? Okay. There you go. Offering yeah, the yeah. same sacrifice over and over again. He's always on his feet. He's always working because his job is never done. But Jesus, when he offered the sacrifice once and for all, sat down at the right hand of God. The priest's work is never done. Jesus' work is finished. It was once and for all. Um, it's because of that. It's because he's the perfect offering, the sinless, spotless, without blemish Lamb of God, who is both God and man. That's the only way that, that we're able to be reconciled mm-hmm. to him. Yeah, and then and then a great application for that for, for all of us, right? You, you see this, this similar language in First John. You know, in chapter 1, he talks about the fact that um, that we can come and confess our sins, that we have sinned, we need to confess it, and that God is faithful and just to forgive us. But then connecting some of the language in, in chapter 2, you know, here's why he says, it, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin, but if anyone does, then we have an advocate with the Father, somebody who speaks on our behalf, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he, again, the, this kind of language here in verse 2, he is a propitiation for our sins, and not ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. So because of Christ's coming, because of his perfect sacrifice, we can now come before God with our sin and know and, and confess and know that he is going to plead for us, that Jesus is our great high priest, that we will be forgiven. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Matt, you, you've got kids. Mm-hmm. How many kids do you have? Uh, three. What are their ages? Nine, <laughs> almost seven, and almost three. Mastic, I had to think I, about that for a second. Mastic, I didn't know there was a pop quiz. In oh, yeah, there's not. No. <laughs> so how do each of them respond to Christmas? I'm going somewhere with this. Like, are we talking in, like, the warm fuzzies and the Yeah, yeah, like, how, how, what gets them excited about Christmas? Like, what stages are they at? I mean, they're, they're, they're kids, so they're, just, they're stoked for presents. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all spade a spade. They're, they're looking forward to waking up Christmas morning and seeing presents. They're looking forward to uh, seeing family. Uh, they're looking forward to, um, a- admittedly, Charlotte is... Uh, so admittedly, one of my kids, uh, they, they love Lego uh, games, and so mm-hmm. they are mad after me to let them... Uh, play one of the lego games that are out for the for the xbox and so she is very much looking forward to that um but you know that there's there's so much more to be said but yeah you know presence family um and just yeah spending time and yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's a magical moment when you when you have kids and you know our kids are noticing so much more about gifts and i mean we, we all know christmas has become so commercialized it has yeah right santa claus and you know these big trees, big ornaments and snowmen and everything. And this is, this is Christmas, right? Yeah. Um, but do you share the Christmas story with your kids? Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, yes. <laughs> In fact, we sat down uh, three nights ago and the kids wanted to read through Luke, Luke chapter two verses one to 20. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, we, we share the Christmas story with them. Right. So they, they're getting a bit of a grounding along with that. I mean, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with presents, nothing wrong with the Christmas tree and all that. Yep. Um, but they're getting a grounding in why there is a Christmas. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we've made it, uh, even from an early age, we've never been shy on, speaking what the true meaning of Christmas is. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, Adam, we, we live in a, a hyper-commercialized world. I mean, listen, it's December 15th today. I would be shocked that next week we start seeing stuff for Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, right? Um, but, you know, the world pushes that Christmas is about 
you know, Santa Claus and, and presents. And, you know, we've made it very clear that Christmas is about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's, that's why we give gifts to one another. It's not some, you know, overweight dude breaking into your house, putting gifts under your Christmas tree. That's, that's not what happens. Oh dude, Um, Santa Claus is sketchy. I'm right there with you. The only guy in all of human history to commit break and enter billions of times and no one bats an eye. I know, right? Like it's Just saying, why isn't he on the naughty list? That, that's more unbelievable than anything else. Um, but uh, it's, the world likes to hold on. <coughs> Sorry. But, <laughs> but the world likes to hold on to, you know, it's Santa, it's gifts and all these ribbons and bows and still hold on to parts of the Christmas story of mm. peace and joy while missing the whole reason why we have that peace and joy. Yeah. Like in the world that wants so much peace, they miss the whole reason for that there's peace with God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And they miss that there is a joy of a savior come of God in flesh who is going to accomplish all these things that we just talked about. Right? So I think the best way for us to remember the incarnation is basically let the world know like peace on earth, but what does that peace mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Who's that peace with? Yep. Joy, you know, what? Why is there joy? What? What exactly gives you joy? Because it it can't be the warm fuzzies, because like you said, Matt, someone could have lost someone in their life. Yep. Right. Very recently, um, someone in Sabrina's hometown just died a couple of days ago. Right. We came across the obituary. You know, for that family, this is going to be a really hard time now. Mm-hmm. Right. So it can't just be the warm fuzzies. Yeah. Well, I think what listening to your talk, I mean, you know, I was just thinking. It's funny because I think at Christmas time, everybody the you know wants to pursue that kind of a peace and have that sense of joy. Of course you do. But there's it, so often, I think what happens, you know, talk about that pursuit and then you know the especially here in the West, you know, that high lifted up commercialized version of Christmas and, and giving gifts and things like that. And there is there's joy and stuff that comes from that. But it it seems to me that all of this going out to buy the presents and just the busyness and everything kind of masks over and and this ideal of, of peace and having joy often masks over really what you want to have that peace and joy. And you think you kind of have it and you want to feel that way. So you try and feel the warm and fuzzies, but, and you kind of cover that all up with the busyness, but then you're kind of still struck at the end of Christmas with really was oh, that was that all this point is that all day, it is right the gifts know. are open you're sat on the couch and it's belly like, full it's, turkey or whatever is that really the the peace and the joy that i wanted that i needed right and I, I think so often the answer is it's no it's not and and the reason for that is because we don't you know the reason for the seat we, we focus on the wrong things mm-hmm. um, in fact i think the most depressing day of the year is the first monday after after new year's Cause that's, and I, it could be the, the next money, but it's the first money that your credit card statements are released. Cause then people realize I've just dropped a ton of money to, mm-hmm. to attain, to achieve that piece. You know, well, I got to get gifts for all my family. Cause if I don't get a gift for this person, then I'm going to rock the boat. And uh, you know, it's, and so like you said, David, it's, it's a superficial, like surface level piece that people have in the moment, not realizing that true and ultimate peace comes through. The incarnation comes through Christ, right? Yeah, it's not even like keeping, you know, quote unquote, keeping Christ in Christmas. It's there is Christmas because there is Christ. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> right? That, that's the whole pur- purpose of it. And how do we as Christians keep that focus there on family? And part of it is like what you said, Matt, going through that story with our kids and just making sure they understand like how important it is that God became man. Yeah, it's funny. That saying, just hearing you say it then, and like that saying is kind of backwards, isn't it? Keeping Christ in Christmas. It's like if, if you have to keep Christ in Christmas, you've already got the order wrong. Right, you've lost Christmas because the whole reason that we do this is because of Christ. Yeah. Without Christ, it's just a mess. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> 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 uh, that's the air horn. That's where you got hit the air horn, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, for those of you listening, hope you've enjoyed this uh, and that you just take a second to reflect. I mean, there's different ways we can quote unquote again keep Christ in Christmas, but just just remember what Christ accomplished. You know, He's not in the manger anymore. He's at the right hand of the Father, sat down as Curtis brought up, and that you know we we brought back to one of John Piper's sermons a while back. His job is finished. He sat down. He's a mediator between you and God the Father. He knows what you're going through this season and for the rest of of the year. He knows what you're experiencing. But not only that, he has succeeded where you will ultimately fail because he is greater and to trust in him and keep him at the center. So until next year, this is our last uh, podcast for this year. Take care. God bless. And we will see you in 2023. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mileonemission.ca.